Hello, everybody, and welcome to Behind Enemy Lines. I'm Alejandro Suniga over at the Michigan Insider. This is our show where we take a close look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent. And if you're listening to this episode, you know what time it is. It is game week. It is Michigan and Ohio State. It is always the biggest game on the schedule for both programs. Uh, And this year, bigger than most. Uh, Both teams are 11-0. Both programs have Big Ten college football playoff aspirations. This is a rivalry that has been reinvigorated since last year. And I am very excited to have with me Patrick Murphy. Uh, He covers the Buckeyes over at Bucknuts, our 24-7 affiliate. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. It, It feels like the season just started. It feels like, you know, it was just Michigan and Colorado State facing off. It was, you know, watching Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, and all of a sudden, the the weather has turned colder. The Thanksgiving holiday is here. Uh, and this game, that it, it seemed like it's been building up to this moment. Uh, it seemed like it's, after the first couple of weeks, it, it was like Michigan and Ohio State just, it seemed like they were on a collision course. And, and both programs have done their job and we've gotten out to this this very special week uh it's uh, Jim Harbaugh said this week that he is thankful he is grateful uh you know maybe invigorating himself with that Thanksgiving spirit uh but beyond you know maybe the animosity of the rivalry I think I think it's it's fair to say that both fan bases I think are are excited that this game is uh as as fun as it seems like it's going to be this year absolutely I think even before the season, a lot of people, myself included, were talking about this being this type of game, not only the rivalry for a number of reasons being exciting, but I think most people looked at the schedules of both teams and said, there's a good chance that they walk into this game undefeated and two of the top ranked teams in the country with everything on the line. And that's obviously exactly where we are. So it's nice when these things work out the way you hope. And uh, I, I, don't know how you couldn't be excited for this game even more so than I think most fans on either side typically are. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's special. And this is one of those that, uh, you know, or you, you know, that legends are made in this game. Uh, you know, that, that potentially Heisman moments happen in this game. Uh, and you know, that memories, institutional memories for both programs, uh, are made in this game this Saturday, uh, if you don't know the details, of course, it's a noon kickoff on Fox. It will be the most watched game of the weekend. Game day will be there. Big noon kickoff will be there. 100,000 plus people are going to be there. And we're going to be there. Uh, and and we were there last year uh, when it was 42 to 27 in Ann Arbor. Uh, an upset victory for the Wolverines that propelled them to the Big Ten Championship uh, and has kind of elevated the Michigan program into that into that same level of not just uh, uh, competing for the Big Ten, but falling a bit short. But now all of a sudden, reigning Big Ten champion, champions and you know Big Ten representatives in the college football playoff for the past 365 days, Ohio State has not lost since that since that afternoon. And it seems like on top of that, they've also reshaped their prog- program a bit. Uh, Patrick, take us through what the past year has been like for this program and kind of rebuilding back to this game. Ryan Day didn't wait long to to start making changes. 
the offense was not the issue last year and, and specifically in, in the, the game, CJ Stroud played well. Uh, the passing attack was, was fine. Running game still needed some work and, and they've tweaked that, but it was the defense that obviously was the difference. And it wasn't just that game for Ohio state fans. You can point to a number of, of different moments throughout the season where things did not go well defensively. So before even Ohio state played in the Rose bowl in December, uh, Ryan Day went out and hired Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, who turned that defense around. And he's done a great job with, with the Buckeyes. We heard all offseason about the differences with this Buckeye defense. They've gone more to a 4-2-5 with just two linebackers, more defensive backs on the field. Um, but Jim Knowles has also adjusted some to the Big Ten. Obviously, you, you play a team like Wisconsin, you play a team like Iowa, um, even some degree still Michigan, you're going to have to have – guys who can make tackles against rugged running backs and, and get off blocks. So it's, it's been interesting to see how Jim Knowles has adjusted from that big 12, you know, a lot of spread teams and you still see plenty of that in the big 10. So that's been the major difference. And, and they've, they've reshaped this defense. It's gone from being a, a problem to honestly being a, a strength in a couple of games this year, Ohio States had to really lean on the defense to get it through some tough moments when maybe things weren't clicking offensively um, or, you know, just, just to get some stops to get the ball back. Um, Notre Dame specifically was one. Even even a week ago, Maryland gave Ohio State quite the test, and the defense had to come up big a few times. So that's been the biggest thing. I think the other thing that we, we have to mention is Jackson Smith and Jigba, who came into this season as arguably the top receiver in the country, um, or at least in that conversation, and got hurt early in the Notre Dame game, has only played in two other games, but left both games before halftime. Uh, he's been battling a hamstring injury. And, and if you've ever dealt with those, they can be uh, quite literally a pain and they linger and, and whatnot. So it's, it's been um, figuring out life without Jackson Smith and Jigba probably a year before Ohio State expected to do so. I don't expect him to be in this game. Um, I honestly think if, if the Buckeyes do make it to the college football playoff, maybe he could be back for that. But um, yeah, in terms of, of this week and even potentially a big 10 championship, I think it'd be a long shot to see him back as he tries to get that hamstring, right? Well, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba aside, it has been uh, very little drop off, if any at all uh, for this Ohio state offense. Um, uh, of course, Michigan fans know JSN very well for, for what he did in the game last year. Uh, but the Buckeyes are still led on offense by CJ Stroud, um, outstanding quarterback, uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the country and deservedly up there in the Heisman conversation. Uh, when I look at this offense, you know, outside of JSN, uh, a couple and, and more, you know, kind of in the program, excellent receivers, uh, of course, led by Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, but Emeka Igbuka, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, has also uh, had himself quite a nice year uh, playing in the slot a bit uh, and then also splitting out wide. Uh, but but when I look at the Buckeyes, I, I do see more of a balanced offense than last year. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it surprised me when watching the Ohio State-Michigan game last year that that they abandoned the run so quickly. Uh, I know that that Travion Henderson had a nice year last year, and it seemed like he just was a non-factor against against Michigan last year. Uh, it seems like this season, uh, yeah, I know he's been banged up. I know mine Williams has also been banged up. Um, but it does seem like Ohio State has made it more of uh, more of an emphasis to run the ball to to 
to give the offense more options. Uh, am I correct in saying that? Certainly. It's, it's funny because Ryan Day loves to talk about balance. And he says, you know, the ideal is 250 passing yards and 250 rushing yards. Ohio State under Ryan Day, and, and even when he was the offensive coordinator when Urban Meyer was still the head coach, has rarely been that way. Ryan Day is a former quarterback. He was a quarterback's coach. It seems like in big moments, in big games, he leans on the passing attack. And you mentioned he did that in, against Michigan last year, the Rose Bowl when they had to come from behind. It was very pass-heavy. Uh, but when they got into this season, it's it's certainly been more balanced. And go back to that first week against Notre Dame, second half, the Buckeyes are trailing. They really relied on the run game. Um, they, you know, that was the game where, as I mentioned, they lost Jackson Smith and Jigba. So kind of the plan went out the window. They had to figure out where how these other receivers were going to fit in. Um, and what they did know is Trayvon Henderson, Mayan Williams, as you mentioned. Now, those guys, is, as you said, both have been banged up. Last week, Dallin Hayden really emerged, a freshman running back, and he's had some moments throughout the season. It'll be interesting to see what the health is for these guys, and I know that's a big mystery for uh, for both teams in, in coming into this game, but Travion Henderson didn't play much in the second half last week. He's been dealing with a foot issue, kept him out the two weeks before. Mayan Williams got hurt uh, the week prior against um, against Indiana and left that game, so yeah, we'll certainly see what what the Buckeyes have in terms of a rushing attack. But uh, yeah, they, they definitely have been more willing to lean on that, not put everything on C.J. Stroud and these receivers. Now, now, if the Buckeyes do have to lean on C.J. Stroud, uh, like I mentioned, outstanding quarterback and and the Ohio State offense, even with the injuries that you just mentioned, has been fantastic. Best scoring offense nationally. They have the second most touchdowns in college football to just four interceptions, which is uh, remarkable and, and a top 10 total offense uh, averaging just under 500 yards per game. If the ball does have to be in CJ Stroud's hands, in what ways has he improved as a quarterback since Michigan saw him last year? I think he's taken the the natural steps that you expect of, of a guy, you know, second year as a starter, third year in the program, um, He's got a great arm, uh, and I mean that both you know strength-wise, but also accuracy-wise. There are some throws that he makes where you know he fits into to tiny windows or, or drops the ball um, perfectly into a receiver's hand. You know, it's just he, he's a talented player, and, and he's just continued to work. I think you know intangibly leadership and things like that have been big. Um, yeah, I think that can play a part. Maybe not to the the viewers' eyes this weekend, but managing a game like this, keeping guys you know, in, um, you know, involved and, and whatnot, maybe if things aren't going well, keeping everybody calm and collected, that's where I think CJ Stroud has taken the biggest jump this year, but look, he's got a talented group around him and he's been able to use these weapons effectively. And, and you mentioned two of them in Marvin Harrison Jr. And Mekig Buka. Julian Fleming is a guy who's stepped up though. Hasn't been as big of a factor the last few weeks. Um, he, he's a guy who's battled a lot of injuries during his Ohio State career, so it's been nice to see him. And Ohio State has used the tight end, which is something the Buckeyes haven't done a ton in the passing game. Cade Stover has had a really nice year. He's the first Ohio State tight end to catch 30 passes in a season in like 15 years or something. I'd, I'd have to go back and check the actual numbers, but it's been a long time. So he's been a part of the passing game, and you know he's a guy who can, can creep up when you're, you're not expecting it, catch a touchdown, something like that. So CJ Stroud certainly has weapons to, to throw to, but he's 
you know, as you mentioned, he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Quarterback was a finalist last year. And I do think, you know, he's just refined his game, taking another year in the program and, and using that, working under Ryan Day. It's, uh, it's funny you mentioned Ohio State using the tight end because uh, I, I think one of the things that, that makes this game special and, and especially these last few years is the contrasting styles of both programs. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michigan, its tight ends are like the number one targets as receivers pretty much. Um, you know, you look at a, a Luke Schoonmaker, uh, who was the backup to Eric all, who was an all American and, you know, both of them have suffered injuries. So it's been, it's been Colston Loveland, a freshman, and he's become like a number one target the last couple of weeks. Uh, it, it's going to be really fascinating to see, to see the, the contrasting styles and, and see, uh, of course, both teams health. And, and we hope, uh, we hope that both programs can, can put their bring their A players and, and, and play their A game because that's what makes this rivalry great. Uh, Patrick, we're going to take a, a quick break here, uh, come back and, and talk about the Ohio State defense. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. I'm Alejandro Suniga going behind enemy lines with Patrick Murphy, uh, who covers the Buckeyes over at Bucknuts, our 24-7 sports affiliate. Patrick, we just finished talking about the offense. We we finished talking about the, the Ohio State program as a whole uh, since the 2021 season. Uh, we're going to turn toward the, the side of the field that has seen the most change, and, and that's the defense. Uh, I think there was very little question after uh, after the Michigan game last year, and then you even saw in the Rose Bowl, too, uh, that, that the Ohio State defense last year was one that had some shortcomings and shortcomings that maybe uh, put a, a hard ceiling on what was such a prolific offense and what was otherwise such a prolific team those issues have been addressed and addressed, I think very well, very quickly. Uh, the Buckeyes brought in a new defensive coordinator in Jim Knowles. He's been installing, as you mentioned, his four two five scheme. It's one that is a bit more adjustable is a bit more suited uh, to stopping different types of offenses. And it seems like he's someone who can uh, adjust a little bit better on the fly. If, if a game isn't, uh, isn't necessarily playing out the way he expected from pregame scouting. Uh, so I guess take us through that. It's the first year of a defensive scheme. Michigan fans certainly know from last year how a first-year defensive coordinator can really overhaul a unit. Uh, what's worked out so well for the defense this year? Well, you mentioned a, a few of the things there. The adjustments that, that Jim Knowles is able to make, I think, has been a major difference from a year ago, Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes, who were kind of calling the defense together the last two seasons, just didn't have the same level of experience. Um, Kerry Combs had been at Ohio State for a while. He'd, he'd left briefly to go to the Tennessee Titans, but was a cornerbacks coach and had never called a defense before. Uh, Matt Barnes is, is a younger guy who, who may have a bright future in college football, but 
just wasn't at, at the level I think you expect from Ohio State defensive coordinators. And so Jim Knowles is, has been doing this for a long time. He was at Duke. He was at Oklahoma State, as I mentioned. And so he's seen a lot. And you can make those adjustments in game when, when things, as you mentioned, don't go the way you, you saw in film. I think that's been big. Um, I also think just getting the Buckeyes back to doing what you're supposed to do defensively. It was funny to me, and I've said this a lot this year, in the Notre Dame game week one, just seeing guys tackle, <laughs> run to the ball. You know, the, the things you expect a, a top-ranked team to do defensively, and Ohio State's certainly been that. But even in the 2020 season when they made it to the national championship game, the defense just didn't do those, those kind of fundamental things that you know you don't think about really because you just expect them to happen. And they, they've gotten back to the basics a little bit. Schematically, Jim Knowles' this whole thing is, is he wants to confuse the opposing quarterback and the offensive coordinator pre-snap. So, you know, seeing one thing and then kind of throwing another thing at him. Um, he's talked a lot this year about how they've installed a lot of things that, that they haven't used yet. And, you know, we've seen more of that throughout the season, but, but planning ahead, um, having things ready to go, I think has been important. And I certainly think in this game, that's going to be important because who knows what Michigan is going to have ready. Um, so you've got to kind of be able to, to, to adjust on the fly there. I think that that's been a strength for this group. Um, you know, it's, it's just been the, you know, Ohio State calls it the silver bullets defense. Um, you know, that's just kind of been what, what the nickname was traditionally when Ohio State's defense was one of the tops in the country. And they've gotten back to, to that, maybe doing it a little bit differently under Jim Knowles, but it's certainly been effective. Yeah. Uh, and to your point that I think both programs are, you know, both programs have had this game circled for a long time. Both programs have been paying very close attention to each other throughout the season. Uh, when we were speaking to Michigan players uh, earlier this week, you know, they said as much that every, every practice, every day, every week, we are looking at a bit of Ohio state film. Uh, every time we practice, we have our beat Ohio period, you know, this game, uh, it's a rivalry for a reason, uh, and and both programs, you know, after you know after a couple of Michigan coaches that maybe didn't treat it or at least outwardly treat it with that level of importance, yeah. uh, Michigan certainly does again. And uh, I, I think one thing that Jim Harbaugh was uh, one thing that he said that was quite telling this week uh, about the Ohio State defense uh, was that it does look like a tougher unit than last year, uh, and and certainly the numbers seem to back that up. Uh, Ohio State last year finished 59th in total defense, uh, 38th in scoring defense, and this year they are top 10 in both uh, nationally. And, uh, you know, it, it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation because I, I certainly don't think that that Notre Dame at the beginning of the year and, and the Big Ten as a whole has had some of the best offensive units in college football. Uh, I, I, I was talking about this last week uh, before the Illinois game is that you know, Michigan had the number one scoring defense in college football. I'm pretty sure they still do. I don't think they're the best defense in college football. I think a lot of that is a product of, of the quarterbacks and the offenses that they've faced. Uh, but I think there is no question that both of these defenses are, are very, very good, if not excellent uh, and possibly elite. Uh, and both of them have a chance to prove that on Saturday. Uh, now, when I look at this Ohio State defense, uh, I look at one that, you know, maybe unlike a, a Michigan last year, you know, there are a lot of very, very good players. I don't necessarily see players who are out and out stars, especially at the same level as the offense. 
Um, I think Tommy Eichenberg, uh, he, he's a very, he's a prolific linebacker. Uh, he's very, very good. Uh, and then of course, uh, the defensive end who had such a fantastic game against Penn state, uh, JT, I'm going to try his last name. It's, I wrote it down. It's two emola out. Yep. You got it. That's good. All right, there we go. Um, I'm going to say JT, uh, but, but two players, uh, and especially JT who had really a game unlike any other, uh, against, against Penn state in that victory, six tackles, three tackles for loss, including two sacks, two interceptions, a pass breakup, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. I had to write that all down because it was so many things. Um, but it, are those two like the biggest stars on the defense? Are there other names to watch if you're a Michigan fan? There's certainly two, two guys you need to know uh, if you're Michigan. Tommy Eichenberg was, was a starting linebacker last year, but did not play very well. Um, like a lot of guys on that defense, and I think this is a, a contributing factor too, along with Jim Knowles, is a lot of those guys were starting for the first time last year, and, and I don't think it helped that the, this coaching wasn't the best. But this year – experience. And, and that's been something that Tommy Eichenberg has, has talked about, though he doesn't say much. He's, he's a very quiet guy, but um, just the experience of, of playing through last year and learning a lot of things, doing it for the first time. I think a lot of guys at Ohio State's defense who did play last year would, would kind of cite that, that this year they are more experienced and kind of knew what to expect in college football. Um, another name I'd throw out there is Lathan Ransom, the safety. He was a guy who broke his leg, like the compound fracture in the Rose Bowl and came back, was ready to go for the start of fall camp, and didn't start the season as a starter, kind of has worked his way into um, the, the starting role, and been really, really important for Ohio State. Uh, even special teams-wise, he has punt blocks in back-to-back weeks. The last two weeks um, ha- has made some really big plays for Ohio State, but I think really you hit the nail on the head with there isn't one or two guys on this defense that are just the stars. It's, it's been a very much a collective unit. Um, you know, there's no Chase Young, there's no Marshawn Lattimore, um, at least not yet. I think you mentioned JT to him allow. He is probably the, the guy most likely to emerge in that way. And, and he's done it in spits or fits and starts at points. Um, but he's also been focused on quite a bit. And uh, he would argue being held quite a bit uh, <laughs> off the edge there. So, you know, a lot of guys have been effective. I wouldn't say any one guy has, has been a superstar for this defense, which I think if you're Ohio State, you're okay with because things are getting done as, as a unit more so than relying on just one guy that, that an offense can kind of scheme away from. Yeah, uh, and I think fans of, of any program, especially one that has good edge players like Michigan uh, has had this year and obviously last year would say that the edges are always being held on every pass and play and, and the refs are are absolutely missing it every single time. Uh, but you want to talk about toughness. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg, I was reading that he's been playing through a couple of broken hands, yeah. uh, which is, uh, I mean, I've, I've never had a broken hand, but I know that if that happened, I would be taking quite a few weeks off of work, uh, much less trying to tackle a, a Blake Corum or a, you know, a, a big 10 running back. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for, for taking us behind enemy lines. I, I, Always close with asking for a prediction here. Uh, this is, you know, it's the biggest one of the season. It's uh, undefeated for the first time since 2006. Uh, it's, uh, it's a game that that means so much every year, and, and it means everything this year. It's, uh, it's winner take all. It's winner goes to the Big Ten championship game. Winner has a very good shot 
if not a overwhelmingly big shot to make the college football playoff. Um, winner keeps its national championship hopes alive, and the winner kind of reestablishes itself uh, as as the top dog in the Big Ten. You know, if it's Michigan, it's proving that you can win in Columbus, which you haven't done in so long. If you're Ohio State, it's hey, last year maybe it was a fluke, maybe it was a one-off, um, but we're still, you know, we're, we're still the cream of the crop in the Big Ten. Uh, so after you've taken us behind enemy lines, Patrick, what do you expect we'll see on Saturday at the Horseshoe in front of 100,000 plus? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about this obviously a lot and not just this week because I guess this game has been talked about uh, before just this week, just a little bit. But uh, I think just being in Columbus, I think the motivational factor behind last year, I I intend on picking Ohio state to win. I think it's going to be tight. Um, and would it surprise me if Michigan came into the horseshoe and found a way to win? No, Michigan, uh, I thought would be very good this year. The way they've played has been better than I expected. And just given the number of guys that, that they lost from last year, especially defensively. So, you know, I expect a tight game. It wouldn't surprise me if it's something like the 2016 game where it goes down to a big player to maybe a controversial player too, and, uh, at, you know, maybe even overtime. So I don't have a score yet picked out, but, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if this is like a three-point Ohio State win or, or something along those lines. Well, if, uh, if that happens, if it's another 2016-like game, uh, I think the universe might implode and... <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, Hey, I was covering the, the Michigan, Ohio basketball game a couple days ago. That was very close. And, uh, you know, and then obviously the, the Michigan, Illinois football game, that was a last, you know, last second field goal to win that. Uh, and I feel barely recovered from that. And so if it were a, a similar situation, but in the Michigan, Ohio state game, I think I, I don't have a cardiologist, but I would need to call one. <laughs> Patrick, thank you so much for your time. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. And to, to everyone who has listened, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your holiday week. Uh, we will see you at the shoe on Saturday. Uh, but if you're looking for more content before then, of course, the Michigan Insider at michigan.247sports.com. Uh, you can, of course, read Patrick's coverage and all his team's coverage over at Bucknuts and over at 24-7 Sports. For myself, Alejandro Suniga, Patrick, again, thank you. We'll see you at the shoe. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Peace.